listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Looking forward to today's conversation. Me as well. We had one of those uh, instances of audio just being a bit of a, a bit of a bear early on, but uh, hopefully we haven't completely annoyed our guest. And, and she'll still <laughs> anybody, I'm good. <laughs> if anybody's been uh, I've ever pulled together a podcast recording more than once, um, or even once, you will have probably faced. Uh, a plethora of audio difficulties. Innumerable and, uh, challenges. And uh, we've been at this a long time now. And you know what? We found a couple of new difficulties today. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, we've already kind of heard from our guest uh, <laughs> in his opening moment. So uh, let's not uh, hide her behind a veil any longer. Uh, Stephanie Austin, uh, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, I thought I was the only one who was listening to my ideas, but I'm glad you guys saw my ideas and thought they were worth telling everybody about. So that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, I think there's a very interesting, you know, crossover in uh, in marketing these days with manufacturers that aligns quite tightly with the HR function. And uh, yes. I'm really stoked to kind of get into some of what you've been seeing and, and what you've been doing. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and tell us about Zentech, where you're the director of marketing. Yeah, so uh, Zentech Manufacturing, this is our 25th year. We started out in Baltimore, Maryland. We're still here in Baltimore, Maryland. And we have um, added two sites in Dallas, Texas, and Bloomington, Illinois, which I don't recommend adding two sites right before a, a pandemic. That was interesting. <laughs> That happened in the beginning of 2020 and then everything shut down. So that was interesting. But um, our company manufactures electronics, specifically printed circuit boards. So we essentially procure the bare board, we procure the parts, and we um, use a technique or a technology called surface mount technology uh, that basically is like a big robot that puts all the parts and assembles them on the boards, um, much like you see in Pretty much everything we interact with and, and touch and use has circuit boards in it. We specifically manufacture for the um, defense sector. So um, we manufacture for mission critical type electronics. So there's a lot of certifications and um, rigorous testing that happens because it's not like an iPhone that you can just throw away and build a new one. You can't build a new F-35. So. <laughs> um, that's kind of what we do. We have, we're a small business. We have about 300 employees between the three sites. And yeah, getting parts has been interesting <laughs> the past couple of years. So. <laughs> Bet. Well, look, I, 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 what really kind of uh, got us excited for today's conversation was I, I think um, when we think about um, manufacturing marketing, you know, very often, you know, sometimes I find manufacturers have to be almost um, shooken a little bit to the notion that they actually have to compete for business, like that that you actually have to work for prospects. Because a lot of manufacturers are used to just kind of that demand is just there. And that's been a bit of a light bulb moment. And, and I would say they faced, in some ways, 
a similar dynamic when it comes to the HR function. It used to be working in manufacturing, very highly sought after, um, uh, getting an employee uh, or, or hundreds of employees to show up at your door was just a matter of putting up a sign. And that's not today. And I love that you're bringing a marketing lens to the challenge of human resources and manufacturing. I am, yes. I figured what better way to find out why people are in the manufacturing career was to talk to the people themselves. So that's kind of where I started. Well, take me into that. Um, so there's, um, as we know, a lot of workforce challenges in getting new talent in the door. Um, and the younger generation seems to be the hard, I think we've run into a lot of challenges and so I started a blog series called Manufacturing a Career on the Factory Floor, where I've started with our own employees, hopefully I'll expand, um, and talking to them about why they love their job, what makes it so great, because there's kind of like when you talked to Mike Nager a few months ago, this kind of stigma with manufacturing about what it really is as a career. And um, I think that might be driving people away to pursue something else. That's kind of where I started was just talking to employees about, hey, why do you love it? What's so great about it? And in the hopes that we'll spread awareness and get more people applying. So are you, uh, did you see a lot of differences in the um, uh, responses in terms of the why manufacturing? Uh, I guess, were there any patterns in those responses or in those conversations or or any surprises even? Um, there was some patterns. I, I noticed with the older generation, you know, people who got into, and I'm speaking specifically for electronics in this example, but um, some of my older generation that's on the floor working, you know, they got into it in the 80s when this was all new. So it kind of, um, it was obvious that, there were electronics everywhere because it was a new thing. If you if you look at today's generation, and I have five kids of that generation, it's all there at their fingertips. It just, to them, it's on the Walmart shelf and they may not realize where it came from and, and the whole infrastructure of manufacturing that goes into all these products that they use. It's just sort of always been there. And so the, the older generations that work on the manufacturing floor, I think when they got into that field, they had appreciation for it because it was so new. And now it's sort of an everyday thing, if that makes any sense. I think it does. It's just the kind of thing that, you know, I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think people understand or appreciate where things come from, mm -hmm. you know, how they're, how they're made, but they also have a perception that you know manufacturing is gritty and dirty and not at all technical and advanced and you know robotic and and all this kind of automation that, that's going on there too so you know how how are you communicating the new reality of of manufacturing to a, a you know a newer generation of of uh of potential workers yeah, absolutely. Um, just in my own small world, that's a lot of um, the conversation in my blog post. That's what it centers around is like 
tell me what your typical day looks like and what types of equipment you're working with and things like that, because really it's, it's skilled labor, not manual labor. And I think a lot of um, the younger generation may have seen their parents or grandparents coming home from these like dirty, long hour jobs. And that's what they see manufacturing as versus what it really is, is, you know, a big shiny floor of really expensive machines that requires technical talent. And it's totally teachable as well. So there's like, there's, you can go to school for a lot of positions in manufacturing, but you don't necessarily have to. So as one of my production supervisors said, there's so many layers to manufacturing. So if you don't want to go to college and just want to start working right away, there's that or there's other options. But um, that's what my blog post has been centered around is talking about what it really is and trying to spread that awareness. That's really cool. Have you? Um... Uh, I guess what other tactics are we bringing to bear? Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, if we're uh, turning a bit of an inbound uh, 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 approach to recruitment or what else does that play? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, if you guys are familiar with HubSpot, um, that's our CRM that we use. And, you know, of course, it's centered around sales and, and customers, but you can take the whole inbound methodology that they, you know, have created and apply it to recruiting. So inbound methodology is essentially that you're a magnet, not a bullhorn. So you want to draw people to you based on the content you're putting out there. And the content isn't talking at them. It's providing information, helpful information. So like, for example, this blog post is telling people what manufacturing is really like. It's not talking at them. It's just, hey, this is information that is useful to you. So and this generation, too, like they have whatever information at their fingertips that they want. So the more inf content you put out there that's helpful to them, the more likely they are to come to you interested. So I've just kind of taken that whole HubSpot inbound methodology and I'm trying to apply it to recruiting and seeing it's totally an experiment, but it makes sense in my head that it should apply. We're going to see how it goes. <laughs> and how far, uh, how far along are we in this experiment? Oh, <laughs> just like a, maybe a month. Um, it just kind of, it, it the catalyst was the kind of the, the podcast you had with Mike Nager about selling manufacturing to like, what can our company do for you, potential employee, to kind of that whole inbound methodology. And I kind of was like, oh, they kind of go together, kind of the same idea. So I can't tell you what the results are because I'm still doing it, but um, it can't hurt anything to do it. That's for sure. Um it's it's probably going to be a collective effort. I'm just one person in one company. But if we all kind of look at it that way, maybe some things will start to change. I think there's um, power in educating about the realities of, um, of manufacturing careers. And I can imagine as this program expands, um, extending that kind of inbound, almost taking a, a bit of a lead nurturing approach, of course, to uh, mm -hmm. uh, an employee nurturing. Um, and yes, I, I'm, I can't uh, help but think that that kind of um, 
approach may help um, uh, both identify and weed out good fits uh, in advance of interview processes. I would think you could probably um, infuse the, those uh, that the employee interviewing and onboarding uh, process with a lot more kind of uh, make it just uh, insert a lot more value into into that process by. Um, having this inbound flow kind of operating in parallel. So I'm excited to see how that plans out. Yeah, and, and within inbound methodology, there's also something called a buyer persona, if you've heard of it, where you're kind of like, what is my ideal customer? So you can ask the same question, what's my ideal employee? What type of person are they? What types of things do they like to do? So for example, a lot of what I got on the floor was, well, I've always liked doing puzzles and putting things together and figuring out how things work. And if you know that about your employee persona, you can start to target your ads that way and the way you describe the job that way. Because if you're just putting a job description out there, it's very black and white. I don't think people realize, oh, that is me. Like I do like puzzles. I like figuring out how things work. This, this could be a good fit for me. If we start describing the industry or the job more like that, I think you could really draw people in. Again, it's an experiment. <laughs> I'm still gathering data. Well, I think um, anytime you tailor a message more uh, customized to the recipient, you're going to be better off. And uh, um, I think that was a smart insight, that notion of appealing to a maker's mindset. And, mm -hmm. you know, what is it that's going to trigger somebody who is engaged by that kind of thing to see themselves in that job ad? Uh, I, that's a layer of marketing that I, I'm not sure a lot of uh, HR people maybe think about uh, when they're thinking about putting the I agree. In. Not to beat up on the HR folks. But. No, there, there's everybody has value to the to the task, right? So HR people do things that I can't do or think of. And so I'm just saying, hey, this is my hat that I'm wearing in my perspective. I'm just trying to like sort of mold the our, the way we present ourselves to people. But that was definitely, um, when I was talking to employees, that was definitely something was like, well, I like to do this type of thing, like puzzles. So this job made sense to me. But my, my favorite answer, <laughs> it was an older gentleman, He's a visual inspector, right? So he's looking for imperfections or oddities. And he's like, it's just like, where's Waldo? I'm looking for Waldo. And when I find him, I'm excited. I'm like, but you're excited to find a defect. So I don't know if that's exciting or not. But um, the more you talk to the people actually doing it, the more you understand what types of employees you want to find. I think that's interesting. and. It's a perfect segue into the question that I had, which is, do you think that you're going to need to target this differently with, um, you know, older generations versus millennials and Gen Z types? I mean, yeah, definitely. Like you have to meet people where they are and communicate in a way that resonates with them. So the way we may have said, hey, come join us in manufacturing in the 80s, it's probably not going to work now so it's a matter of like gathering data essentially and figuring out what resonates with people and then tailoring your the way you present your company in that way so it's kind of you got to think differently 
what was the biggest challenge of beginning to work more directly with the HR team at Zentech? That's a good question. I kind we're a small company, so um, it's a little easier because I said, "Hey, I have these ideas. What do you think? Is this something that um, you think could work?" And so we're actually still working towards that. Like I have the blog series, which they're supporting. Um, but as far as then going into like, how are our jobs descriptions written? How do we present our company? That's all new territory for us. But I would say that management here has been open because they're like, Hey, I never thought of it that way. And we really need people. So, but it's, it's still, um, still ongoing. So maybe in a few months I can tell you, <laughs> but it does help being in a small company. Um, people, you know, management's more approachable because it's not a big corporation where you need five sign forms to be able to access so-and-so or change policy. Um, right now, of course, this too, it doesn't necessarily cost a ton of money to do this, right? I'm writing blog posts. So that helped them be open as well because <laughs> I'm not asking for, you know, $15,000 to change recruiting or anything like that. Yeah, I think it always helps when... Um you're bringing a bit of sweat equity to the idea versus just asking for budget. There's no question. Well, that too. And I, and that was like the number one thing I was like, listen, I have these ideas and I'm not telling you to go do them. I'm going to do them. I'm saying I will do them. I want to work with you. So, cause resource constraints are always part of it too. So I'm, I'm excited about where it's going. Um, again, it's still very much in process. So I'd be excited in a few months to tell you how it's turned, you know, turning out um, because the ROI on this is not tomorrow by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to do. Can you give us a sense of the uh, recruitment challenge? How many open positions do you typically have or would you have uh, currently? <laughs> um, well, each site is a different size, but we probably have dozens of positions open, to be honest. Mm. Um, I I don't know the exact statistics. And then part of it, too, is is finding people that you wouldn't have to train. Right, of course. And so that's a challenge, too, because you could get people, but, you know, they might have to train them. So the whole idea of training programs is something else I want to try and rethink. And it's definitely a challenge because... You know how when you buy a house, you have the buyer's market and the seller's market? It's very much an employee's market, so to speak, where a young person has so many industries they can go into. Why choose manufacturing? Especially if you don't know it well or, or believe the negative perception that's out there versus, you know, oh, well, IT doesn't have that perception. So I'm hoping by changing the, the conversation about it will help people just see it as a, a viable thing to do one thing i've noticed with a lot of the manufacturers we work with especially those kind of around the size of zentech is that often when we get in and begin analyzing their web presence and looking at traffic sources is that unbeknownst to a lot of people in marketing one of the largest sources of uh, of new people coming to the site are those looking for careers um mm-hmm. so i i'm wondering if taking a focus to the content that you're creating 
and writing things that are specifically for job seekers will actually be a net positive effect because people will be able to find more than just job listings and, and kind of be able to see themselves in it and yeah. perhaps be able to kind of carve off the the job seekers and, and career side of web traffic versus the inbound marketing traffic around you know what Zentech actually makes. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, that's what I'm hoping the blogs is just like a catalyst to, to pushing people to seeing like what jobs are open. And, and I'm even not being selfish in the sense of like, oh, we want to hire you, we want you. But like just to the whole manufacturing industry as a whole, um, but of course, in my blog post, I'm, I do drive people towards our site, but then I also drive them towards other um, more generic sites like creatorswanted.org, which talks about different manufacturing careers and different stories of people who have been successful. Or our own electronics industry, we have a whole website centered around different career profiles. But the blog is just sort of a catalyst because the more content Google can find, the more traffic you can, you know, bring into your site. I was thinking too about uh, we recently had a woman named Megan Ziemba on the show, who's uh, the host of a podcast called Mavens of Manufacturing, and it's it's about getting more women into manufacturing careers. H have you done any um, content or written any content specifically around? bringing more uh, diverse voices to manufacturing and, and kind of getting uh, getting more women into it? I haven't yet, though it's something I've definitely um, is on my list. Although um, we ha happen to have a lot of females on the manufacturing floor, um, which is great to see. But it's definitely a slice of the pie that I would like to to emphasize for sure. The list of things I want to do are endless, <laughs> but I'm like, well, I have to start somewhere. But the number of hours in the day is not uh, endless, unfortunately. No, and it's not the only part of my job. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, and the more I, I really enjoy talking to, to people like yourselves because that gets the message out there quicker. Um, and And I would like to get to the point where I can go to other manufacturing sites and talk to their employees and just sit and say, Hey, like, what is it that you're seeing? And, and that in turn helps their business. So it's, um, but yeah, it's, it's a long, um, a long and complex road for sure. Like, like I said, you don't, it's not like we're going to get 12 applicants tomorrow because of it, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I think it's an important uh, an important step, um, Stephanie. I look forward to checking back in with you in uh, yeah uh, six nine months or so and seeing how uh, some early traction here. My uh, my guess is is that it'll be a good news story. I thank you. I thank hope you so. so. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing uh, the kind of the, the the opening phases with us. I uh, we we look forward to seeing it uh, seeing it progress. I agree. Um, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm hoping um, I'm hoping to talk to more, you know, even just our industry association about it because you know, workforce challenges as a whole is a is a huge conversation there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hoping to as many people that will listen, um, and we'll see where it goes. Fantastic. Well, best of luck with it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys talking to me and and um, willing to do this. And even though it's so new. Yeah, no, it's awesome.
Thanks again. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.